Betsy and Thomas here for the American Intelligence Media. Today, Thomas, I would like to discuss with you why Henry Kissinger and Andrew Marshall met with Steve Bannon regarding China. Seems like a pretty hot topic for us since we've written about both Kissinger and Marshall and uh, and and how they are in the background kind of planning out what we're doing military-industrial-wise. And I'd also like to ask you about Equifax and what that breach means for Americans. But before I get started, we had two excellent questions from our readers. The first one comes from Scott, who is a Navy chief. And wow, was I excited to hear that a Navy chief likes to watch our show and read our website because, you know, they're ferocious patriots, those Navy chiefs. And he says that he worked on submarines for, he's been out in the Navy, he's been out of the Navy for 15 years, and he knows that there are many improvements in our submarine programs. He says, quote, it seems plausible to me that a weapon, if deployed from a submarine, could be mounted on an antenna in the sail area and raised and then used after initial identification of the target so that the submarine would never have to surface or even broach to use. However, I have no idea what the range of such a weapon could be, close quote. And what he's really looking at, Thomas, is he'd like you to explain this use of directed energy weapons that might have been used on the ships that we saw recently uh, that were uh, damaged. So anything to say to Scott about this? Yes, Betsy, we got that question. I took it to the conclave this morning and we discussed that and these other questions that you have. And I just first want to give a, uh, a thank you to you and your team because really the anonymous patriots are a bunch of grumpy old men and uh, we just don't really have a direction until you tell us where to go. So I always appreciate coming over here or uh, in the mornings getting these questions or, and or getting them at night so that we can run them by the conclave. So here's the answers they have. Yes, chief. And by the way, Betsy, you're absolutely right. Who is a greater patriot than a chief in the Navy uh, on an attack submarine, for heaven's sakes? I want to salute your your service to America because people forget that people like you put their life on the line every day to make sure that our freedoms can go on here in America. So uh, you are right, absolutely. And yes, not only could the submarine be used, any boat could have been used in the area of those um, I would call them attacks. They weren't accidents. You don't have accidents like that in the open sea with ships that big very often. Think of it. When, when have you seen another one? And then to have so many in a very quick period of time. Yes, I would suggest exactly as you say that you are correct and that accelerated particle beams could have been used for uh, dampening their field of perception for their sonar, their radar, so on and so forth. Accelerated particle beams and or uh, simply jamming mechanisms, diffuse, they have uh, diffuse microwave jammers, they have, they have accelerated particle beams uh, on launch pa platforms in space, they've been there since the time of Ronald Reagan, I know that for a fact, I was involved in those things. So there, you know, we saw that accelerated particle beams were used in, um, in Panama when we attacked there, they were actually used from space-based platforms and literally melted uh, tanks down into a puddle of metal. We know that these weapons exist. We know that they were used on the three Chinese chemical factories after China had attacked us with cyber warfare attacks repeatedly, trying to blame it on North Korea. So we've seen these things happen again and again. 
that mysterious weapons are being used. But we know that for years they've had uh, electromagnetic pulse weapons, and that itself could completely uh, distort, if not stop, if not disable the uh, equipment upon uh, the ships that were wrecked into, that were attacked, really. Uh, but it, it can go further than that. Here's what we're going to talk about in a minute. If this was China, and it certainly could have been, because most of these things oftentimes do come from China, China builds all of our microchips for the military, and only recently did President Trump say no more. There will be no more microchips built by China for us because there's a backdoor, there's a zero-day program in them. So it's highly possible that any ship under any flying any flag whatsoever on the days of those attacks, because I don't think the ships were owned by China, but on the days of the attacks, they simply could have pushed a button and stopped our military equipment from working. And it isn't by accident that it was after those three wrecks that Trump came out and said, we will buy no more chips, microchips from China ever. So chief, you're right. It was undoubtedly attacks, and they were using some type of uh, electrical-based um, attack uh, tool or weapon, and there are many, many, many of them. I could get into a whole bunch of them, but the point is, you're right. There's no such thing, and the poor Rear Admiral and the other officers who got fired over this incident uh, and, and the supposed you know, IG investigation, uh, those things really didn't point out much of anything. They sounded like a cover to me. And I believe that it was not human error, but it was, in fact, some type of cyber warfare. Well, thank you, Thomas. And uh, Scott, I hope that answers your question. Um, the next question is from Lori. And she, we, the, we were talking the, uh, just the other day in our video about evil, about cryptocurrencies and the central banks, you know, the usual ha-ha that we continue to talk about. But you had mentioned that Obama had placed executive orders, signed executive orders that would permit him to shut down basically everything. And you had mentioned that Trump still had this unless he had rescinded those executive orders. So Lori would like a little bit more information on that subject, Thomas. Yes. at the Through his entire eight years, Obama built up a group, I believe it was 13 or 14 executive orders that continued to place more and more power in the executive branch if there was some type of attack upon America. Um, electromagnetic pulse attack, uh, cyber attacks, um, coronal mass ejections from the sun that take our systems down, attacks on our uh, infrastructure, zero-day attacks through Chinese microchips, so on and so forth. So all those things were built up, and it was just incredible because it looked as if he himself, Obama, was going to at some point instill martial law because it's, it didn't make any sense that he was doing all of this. And in the end, after Jade Helm 15, which was a military exercise, the largest in, in American history, supposedly brought in all the UN equipment to the major metropolitan areas of America so that the UN could get a foothold in America. But at the same time, here you have Obama writing this specific executive order that tied all of them together. So in the end, and these were, um, some of them were not secret. They were not policy directives. They were, in fact, um, they were presidential executive orders that went into the um, public record. And these stated 
that he had this supreme power literally to even come in and take the food and weapons out of your house to reapportion food, food production, all banking, the stock market, everything is listed. And as the National Defense Authorization Act was modified every year by Obama to give him more power, he actually created the fact that the Department of Defense can act in a military way against U.S. citizens in our within our borders, in America, under his directive, secret directives, where they may not even know why they're being ordered to go to war against Americans. It could have been a secret cyber attack that only the White House knows about. This is how the power and the control got centralized into the White House in the most unprecedented way in American history. Well, I remember when it was reported, although, you know, you really had to search for it, when Obama was signing these executive orders back then. And my concern was, this is not constitutional. How is it that the president is able to sign these kinds of executive orders, Thomas? The question would have to be asked, first off, how is it constitutionally legal for the National Defense Authorization Act to go against the Constitution and make it possible for the Department of Defense and the military to be used in America even though there is no war declared on anyone. If someone invaded us, that's different. But how is the Department of Defense, the National Security Agency, and the CIA being used to go to war against Americans, calling all Americans terrorists? All Americans are terrorists until proven otherwise. That's why complete surveillance of everything you say and do can happen and is happening in many cases. Why? Because you are the enemy now, folks. That's what the Patriot Act did. And then when that was found out and there were going to be um, legal action taken against the Patriot Act, and remember, who was it that brought the Patriot Act into existence and enforced it? That was Robert Mueller. Who was it that did the 911 investigation? Robert Mueller. So Robert Mueller, the FBI, became literally a military force directed by Obama. And that's why they got so out of control and used all 17 agencies to spy on the Republicans to make sure that they would lose. It's as simple as that. There was a war going on, and fortunately, we won. Well, is this going to be another case where the only resolution that citizens can find is through lawsuits? Yes. We have to contest, and the Congress and our representatives must contest Obama actions. As you know, every week at least, another illegal Obama action comes out, and people are so surprised. Matter of fact, I think mainstream media just woke up and admitted that Obama, the money taken from the banks and the brokers, the billions of dollars of fees from the SEC and the all the different federal organizations that are bringing lawsuits against banks, even in foreign countries, and seizing massive amounts of money, billions of dollars, Obama shuffled it in to the Soros liberal left 184 groups that are literally the people being paid for this resistance at this point. Obama uh, left $9 billion in an account that no one even knew had been created so that black people could have phones. Now, of course, if you're new to our channel and you're hearing this, it may be a shock to you. Maybe it's the first time you've heard it. But if you've been listening, following us for a while, you'll know that we've reported this quite a while ago. We try to stay cutting edge. Yes, and as you're seeing these things come forward, what you're seeing is that Obama took the most liberal actions to take away our constitutional rights, our Bill of Rights, 
and that he kept enforcing the horrible things that Bush did with 911 and creating the Patriot Act, which, of course, as you always like to say, isn't it funny that it was all ready to sign, you no. know, minutes after 911? No, what I always said is when they rolled out Homeland Security, they rolled it out very quickly, and I looked and they said, there's no way that any U.S. agency figured out what color the uniforms were going to be and how they were designed that quickly. And that was the telltale evidence to me that all this was planned and was all a setup because they had the uniforms all ready to go. And as we know, I'm sorry if I offend anyone, but men don't work unless they know what their title is and what their uniform is. <laughs> And Homeland Security that was set up at that moment, which now, for a moment, trumped even counterterrorism, trumped the CIA, trumped the NSA. When Homeland Security was set up, it was set up based upon the way the Nazis said that, that very phrase, Homeland Security is taken from the Nazis. It took over everything and said, we're not going to investigate the 14 major economic uh, fraud cases going on that were being housed in the buildings of the World Trade Center, all of that evidence disappeared and everything focused on terrorism, the fake terrorism that we created called Al-Qaeda. And who led all of that? That was led by Robert Mueller. Oh, isn't that a coincidence? Now he's leading the investigation against Trump, even though there have already been two exhaustive investigations done that found nothing, except as we see on the news, and this is just beautiful, the new thing was that, again, they tried this because they forget that this was already tried by Comey twice when he came out and said 39 states were hacked by the Russians. And then he said 20 states. And then he said 21 states. And now Mueller and others are revealing, oh, because these were leaks from anonymous sources, 21 states were hacked. And now they've proven none of those states were hacked. That was, again, another distraction from the Mueller camp to try to throw us off to make us look at Russia and look at Russia from the point of view that the Republicans were in bed with the Russians. There's no evidence to that whatsoever. The only thing that any of their reports have shown is that RT, Russia Today Network in America, had more viewers during the election. Maybe because they were reporting things more honestly than the fake media. Well, and General Flynn was on that show, uh, 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 on Sputnik, the other one they claim. Uh, Stranahan, all these other people who come on and tell the truth, they didn't want any of the truth being told, so they say that that was the Russian meddling in the election. All right, let's move on to something that has been bugging me ever since I started reading it, and that is about this Equifax hack, because it's very concerning that 143 million Americans, their credit accounts were hacked, and now whoever's out there knows our social security numbers, our addresses, our relatives, and everything. And I thought, 143 Americans, well, that's all working Americans for sure. Uh, and then it's not just the Equifax hack. If whoever gets this information, it's the same information that's shared on all the other credit agencies. So it's very disturbing to me, Thomas. And I ask you in the conclave to start drilling down on this and give me some answers. Yes, these aren't my opinions because I'm not an economist. But um, I knew that you were right, Betsy, as you almost always are. Or I should say always, but I'll leave that reserved that something was terribly, terribly wrong with this. And so I'm afraid I drugged my feet for quite some time because I was so busy looking at China. So the conclave says the following, and I would have to agree with this. As a matter of fact, when it was said out loud by the group of us, 
I knew it to be true. Uh, this is what really happened. There was no hack. No hack could take all that information. And so when you go and you look and you investigate, this is what they say. There was no hack. On March the 6th, their old security program became defaulted and it needed to be upgraded on March the 7th. And they did not upgrade it. They consciously did not upgrade it. And from that time on, they and at, at that moment, they called in the security company, the cybersecurity company, Mandian, also previously known as FireEye, owned by one Pakistani national, one person, one person, oh, just like CrowdStrike. Well, that's what got me because when I read the initial article and I saw the name of that company, I went, okay, here we go, another CrowdStrike. You knew it, and I laughed, and I said, well, they'll be, they'll be Chinese or Russian. I was wrong. They're Pakistani. Pretty and close. <laughs> one guy. One guy. One guy. The whole DNC lie. One guy. Dmitry Alperovich, who is a Russian spy. I am so tired of yelling this. Why don't they put that man in jail? Okay, the Pakistanis, who are the Awan brothers, and the largest espionage going on in U.S. history in Congress, and now we have... Oh, that's right. We have Mandiant and FireEye. FireEye was fakely called in to support CrowdStrike to say he was right without ever looking at the server. So You're they kidding. changed their name. You're kidding. No. So this they changed their crazy. name to Mandiant, Mandiant uh-huh. so that they could get around. So he, one man, Aziz, the guy who owns it, can get around the fact that it's all fake. They call these people in. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, slow down. You're saying that FireEye is associated with CrowdStrike? They were one of the fake companies, private cor uh, intelligence corporations, three of them that were called in to support CrowdStrike's opinion. Oh, Though CrowdStrike I gave see. them no evidence. Okay, okay. So sometimes you'll hear CrowdStrike and three other... Yes. No, CrowdStrike and three fake other cyber warfare companies, because these are all cyber warfare people, right? Well, now, surely Mueller is investigating this Russian... Well, that's my point. Oh, okay. How in the world can we have 104... Every adult American's credit report was stolen, and the FBI is not getting a hold of the equipment again to see if Mandiant is correct. Mandiant says it's the Chinese. Oh, but then Mandiant said later... Uh, well, Chinese footprints were left, but then we don't really know it was the Chinese. So we're going to say we're going to keep investigating it. Now, this is beautiful. This story is absolutely beautiful because it is the picture-perfect thing that happens with what we were talking about yesterday. Anytime there's an IT problem, what do you do? You don't get to do a thing. No one gets in trouble. And the IT people who created it, no one slaps their hands. No one says anything. They're gods. IT problems rule our world. I always like to say computers are a miracle when they work 43% of the time. I make up that statistic, but the joke is they don't work a lot of the times, especially if you're in a big network system and you have a bad IT person or an old system or whatever. So here's what happens. <laughs> this is a complete joke. We're supposed to believe that one of the most secure and confidential companies in America, the largest company that literally, whether you like it or not, has your information and is a spying intelligence network that since the day you were born has been tracking every single financial tra transaction that you have. Did you know that the banks, anytime you go to a bank and you fill something out, it goes to Equifax? 
Yes, it goes to these um, reporting agency, credit reporting agencies for sure. Yeah, but, XBN and yeah, Trans, what's right, the but, other one, TransUnion. And, but, but I think it's more nefarious than that. So, I, I, But let me just jump in here. I think it's part of this planned credit crash. Oh, it absolutely is. Okay. Because what did they recommend? They told everyone to freeze their credit. Uh-huh. And then they told you to go to Total ID. They didn't t- to, freeze your, to freeze your credit. They did not tell you that Equifax won't even take any, impu- any input right now, that their systems don't even work. They did not tell you that Total ID is one of their subsidiaries created three years ago just for this to happen. So did th- would they have charged you to have your credit frozen, well, of this course. company? So this is a money-making scheme for Equifax. They take all your information. Then they say suggest that you go to this company to have your information protected. But you pay for this? Well, that company has the protections that Equifax doesn't, and so you're going to have to pay extra to go there. They're going to tell you to freeze your account. That's going to cost money. You can do that without talking to them. Then they're going to tell you to get a report to see if it's been hacked. Uh, That's going to cost you if you've already had your one report this year. And if you go to Total ID, it's going to cost you more than Equifax did. Equifax, of course, uh, when they're top brass, bet $2 million against their company the day, you know, days before they announced they had had this supposed hack, which they call a hack breach. There's no such thing. But anyway, since the breach came because it came directly from them, they, as I was getting ready to uh, start foaming at the mouth about, Equifax has inside deals with everybody. So they get your information, whether you like it or not. It's the information the feds don't have. Okay, so they get it. They're supposed to protect it. They just gave it to not only the feds, they gave it to Alphabet because Alphabet is the feds. Alphabet, the mother company, which is a joke because they came after Google, but now they're called the mother company of Google. If that's the case, then this then then Alphabet was set up as a, a, a as a military war unit even before Google came online. If that's the case, which is possible. I mean, but the point is, is we just got through telling everybody about this. You're not going to be able to Google for free in the future. You're going to pay for information because there's an information warfare. They're getting you addicted. They're getting all companies addicted, and then they're going to charge everybody because the government owns those lines. But the lines are going to be cut off, and it's going to go to satellites. Wait, wait, wait. How does a government own anything? It should be, this is the people. The government needs to be put in its place by we the people. It's our government. We should be telling them what to do to protect and preserve our rights and freedoms and liberties. They subsidize every telecommunication company. Every They subsidize everything that's federal, especially any broadcasters. Just like they... Remember, the NFL is entertainment. They subsidize the NFL. They subsidize the building of stadiums. They subsidize all the stuff that keeps you distracted from the truth. But as I was saying, when the lines get cut off and... The only internet is going to be from space, wireless, satellite projected, which has already been created and has already been used by the military for a long time. China was getting ready to do, to do this. They built the equipment. They, they hired the American company. And in the end, the company um, ditched them. They stopped and took the technology just before it was ready to launch the satellites. So in the, in the future, it'll all be controlled by satellites, and those will be, again, perfectly controlled, again, 100% by the military. It's getting a little less controlled because of wireless systems, 
but even all broadcasting wireless systems are controlled by the U.S. federal government. So don't believe for a second. So Google wants that information. So the Office of Personal Management was hacked. Largest hack ever. That was a year ago or so, wasn't mm-hmm. it? That was a while ago? The largest hacks in U.S. history have happened within the last mm, year or so. Mm-hmm. And before, and, and they came and they went straight into the government. They went into Congress. They went into the U.S. the Office of Personnel Management. They went into the military. They went into That's, corporations. Mm-hmm. And now they have every adult American's secret information, which you really don't want anybody to know. And they control it. And now that's going to control you. And the reason we say this is because these hacks produced no cyber warfare against the people that were supposedly hacked. What would be the point? And by the way, none of them were hacks. Too much information was stolen. And now you hear Mandiant in the description of Equifax. This is beautiful. The trouble they go through with these fake lies are just amazing. Supposedly, on March the 7th, when their own security company and all their top brass knew that Equifax was no longer secure and did not do the fix to a program that they were using, their major program, what did they do? Nothing. They called in Mandiant. And Mandiant said, oh, it's okay. I'm going to take care of this. They didn't take care of it. Supposedly, Mandiant was then called back in and in May, and then we find out in August or so that the hack, that the breach happened, the hack breach happened, and then they tell people in September, but not until they've made millions of dollars off of insider trading. They knew in March. This is just like the DNC knew they were hacked in December 2015, not in May and June. So, same thing. Mandiant comes in, and what do they do? They simply put the Chinese footprints in, and they put in the tracks that lead to the following supposed amazing, astounding lie that stations were set up in 15 or 20 different major servers that were the node points for all of Equifax around the world. Somehow a hack goes in and goes out to hardware and sets up what we would call a netbot that then monitors everything and slowly, slowly, slowly squeezes the information out of America, Canada, and the United Kingdom. 143 million people's information. Was without being noticed. Without being noticed. Until every 143 million That's accounts right. have been And taken. the reason that they don't notice is it's slowly being hacked through these fantastic, mythical, artificial intelligence, which again, does not exist, folks. Do not believe AI exists. There's an AI that plays chess and four other games at one time. That's it. These are humans doing this. Don't believe for a second. Don't blame it on robots. Don't blame it on the digits. Blame it on humans doing this. This is cyber warfare. This isn't AI cyber warfare. This is human cyber warfare. So this is an attack against every American. We, I know you uh, have a point of view about AI, and I think we can save that for the next audio, okay? <laughs> uh, um, is there anything more you want to say about this Equifax situation before we examine Mr. Bannon? Yes. They always blame it on China. And sometimes it's blamed on North Korea. It's blamed on, But in the end, when they always come down to it, they blame it on China. But since we blew up those three Chinese chemical plants in response to the cyber warfare that was really China blamed on North Korea, they haven't been doing it so much because they made an agreement with Silicon Valley 
that we would give them their technology. And so now around the back, behind the back of even the White House, Obama and Hillary Clinton, we have been providing China with proprietary information from Silicon Valley that is that made them the cyber warfare artists, the, the some of the best in the world. That was provided by Silicon Valley through agreements that were outside of the scope of the US government. And this is a crime. And that is the reason that China has the ability to make those microchips and build in the back doors, the, the zero day, the off button, all the different ways into all of the military equipment that has these microchips in them. And so we have to realize China is our enemy. Oh, you're ready now for the next question. I'm led okay. into the next question. Could you tell? <laughs> okay. Wasn't that no. a beautiful lead in? <laughs> right. Okay, before we, uh, we go into that, I wanna just take a moment and explain how we started the American intelligence media. We were very concerned we uh, what we were seeing in the quote unquote news because we began to see things were fake they weren't substantiated it was sloppy reporting across the board and we also knew that there were a lot there was a lot of our history that wasn't being told accurately so we set out to do something we called citizen intelligence reports and these are on our website these are deeply researched and they're generally by topic but of course the same players play out in all the different scenarios that we have in these citizen intelligence reports i highly recommend when you have time when you're not busy reading our truth news headlines and listening to our videos that you start reading these intelligence reports and make sure you save a copy because one day we might not be able to access these things out in the internet now, to give you an example how it works, uh, Thomas and his group put together an excellent citizens intelligence report that revealed something called the Highland Forum. And in there, they describe a man named Andrew Marshall, what his role is. And they also talk about, well, we talk about Henry Kissinger quite extensively throughout a number of citizen intelligence reports. So now with those reports, in hand, I'm able then to go and read the daily news and see what's in the news that seems relevant and pertinent to the intelligence we've already gathered for our readers and viewers. The other day when I turned to Breitbart, I saw I was reading that Steve Bannon met with Henry Kissinger and Andrew Marshall to discuss China. Well, let me tell you what, all my sirens were going, what? You met with who to discuss what? Oh my gosh. And that was more important than the short little article that was written in Breitbart. I immediately brought that to the attention to Thomas and said, look, buddy, you got to look at this. Something's not right here. He took it, ran with it, and now he's going to tell you what. Well, Betsy, I don't hardly know where to start, but let me go ahead and give it a start. Henry Kissinger is one of the most evil people on the face of the planet. He started his illustrious career, I would say illustrious only relationship to perhaps the illustrious nature of Lucifer or Araman or the devil, he started off by writing a white paper for the Council on Foreign Relations about nuclear proliferation and how to control it and how to create what was basically a politicized form, uh, well, it was a geopoliticized form of the clash of nations. He basically said, we have to build more nuclear weapons as a deterrent to stop other nations. But then later they made sure that 
we gave the technology for nuclear weapons to Russia so that they could be our counterpoint, so that we would have to have, so that the deterrent would be from another enemy. This is all the plan of Henry Kissinger. People don't understand. That's how Henry Kissinger came to his fame, because when nuclear weapons were created, everyone said, we have to just simply end it. We have to abolish all nuclear weapons. Henry Kissinger said, no, we have to create many, many, many more. We have to use that power as the U.S. power to dominate the world by making sure that other countries know that we will simply blow them up and that the smaller countries below us always stay at war. And our job is to foment war. And the reason that we're going to use to foment war, actually the motivation, it's not the reason because they never admitted it, was oil. Henry Kissinger made, helped really make Rockefeller into uh, just Standard Oil and the Seven Sisters into the greatest power that is still to this day. Chevron, which is just a, one of the Seven Sisters, is, is bigger than most nations on the earth. So Henry Kissinger, through the idea of the clash of nations and the United States always having dominance, because he always believed we had dominance with Russia, because he knows Russia will never, ever, ever, ever attack us because we would simply annihilate the whole world. Anyone would know that Henry Kissinger's ideas are stupid. OPEC was Henry Kissinger's idea. Why would we go to one organization that would set the price of oil at a very high price to get those nations back the oil money we stole from them when we got 90 to 100%? Well, first off, we got 100% of the oil uh, money, and then it went down to 50, and then eventually um, the companies began to be owned by the countries where those oil wells were instead of by Rockefeller oil companies. So what we see now is the entire currency of the world is based upon Henry Kissinger. The entire nuclear proliferation of the world is based upon Henry Kissinger. Entire geopolitical machinations since the time he started working for the Council of Foreign Relations, all, all U.S. foreign policy has come from the Council on Foreign Relations, which has been led by Henry Kissinger, the Rockefellers and the Rockefellers. Basically, you know, Henry Kissinger is there to protect the big banks and brokers in the military industrial complex. He's not an American. He has in no way ever acted as American. He himself said he is a criminal and that he didn't mind being a criminal in Cambodia and bombing Cambodia and Laos and what he did in the lies in Vietnam and the false flag that caught us into Vietnam. All of that, he admits, was all a lie. He admits he is a criminal. He's wanted in numerous countries as a war criminal but we protect him here in America. That's Henry Kissinger. He is bowing at the feet of China. He says America doesn't exist anymore. Go ahead and, uh, like Betsy says, Google, uh, not Google, but search on, on the site, her on site. On our website, aimfortruth.org. Search Henry Kissinger, and you will find out the truth of what we are saying here. Henry Kissinger has sold out America and every president in the White House since Henry Kissinger came to power as the leader of the Council on Foreign Relations, which basically controls all geopolitical functionings because we are the war uh, arm of the CFR, which is basically the round table, the Fabian Society, which was created uh, by an international group in London, of course. 
And, and these are all imperialistic groups. Henry Kissinger is a single nation unto himself. He is an imperialist. He makes more money than you can imagine. He works for the very foreign countries that he's telling us to go to war with. He works for all sides. He has never worked for America, and he's never had America's interests at heart. So that's who he is. He bows now to China and says, China, we must shift all political emphasis to China because China is the dominant force in the face of the earth. He is wrong. That is a signaling, that is a false flag for a new CIA war and a takeover of China by putting in a central bank based upon Western central banks connected to the IMF instead of the Chinese central bank. There will be civil war in China if Henry Kissinger gets his way. So why did Bannon go there? Well, wait, wait, wait. Before, before he, he that, is there a relationship to his meeting with Kissinger and Yoda? You need to yes. tell, tell him about Yoda first. Then I won't go to Kiss, uh, Bannon yet. No, don't go to, yeah. Andrew Marshall, since the time that he wrote the response to Henry Kissinger's paper through the Office of Net Assessment, an office he created, Yoda, Andrew Marshall, is one of the smartest people on the face of the earth. Is he smarter than you, Thomas? He's way smarter than anybody. He is. He has controlled all the military since the moment the Office of Net Assessment was created for the Pentagon. He is the Office of Net Assessment. His words were so powerful that they said, we can't write them down and we can't have agendas and we're going to let you leave and we're going to pay you an infinite amount of money, which he didn't even want. He's the most, he's a very humble man for being the biggest warlord on the face of the earth. But he left the military and became the most powerful man in the world. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm going to tell you why. But most people wouldn't know his name. No one knows his name. We could not believe that we saw his name in public, and we cannot believe that Bannon brought his name to the public. Well, I can't believe... Maybe the reporter that wrote this didn't understand the significance of Bannon meeting with uh, Marshall. He may have understood the one with Kissinger, but reporters don't necessarily know this stuff. No reporter knows who... Marshall is. There's never been a report or anything written on Marshall. There's no, There has been one or two articles that came out after we wrote an expose on Highlands Forum. Okay, Highlands Forum meetings are secret, invite only. You cannot take notes. You cannot speak about what happens. There are no agendas, and there's no list of any of the people who come. And this is what Andrew Marshall insisted on for him to continue his work that he was doing at the Office of Net Assessment. The Office of Net Assessment, what is net? Net and gross, right? Net is what you get out of it. In other words, what do you get out of war? In other words, what is the currency of war? He's the only person on the face of the earth that understood that nuclear proliferation would create a currency of war. And so what he did, and this is an amazing thing, I'll try to explain this in in simple terms. When Andrew Marshall was recognized as the greatest military strategist probably in human history, they said, well, you know, what do we do now? And he says, well, we need to get together with, and we need to stop playing games. We know who owns the military industrial complex. And we know that they fight for both sides. So we need to just create a group called the Highlands Forum. And we need to invite people like Raytheon, who now has given supersonic missiles to Russia, but not to America. 
because Obama and Hillary set up the tech city outside of Moscow. We're going to bring Dynacor. We're going to bring Lockheed Martin. Lockheed Martin, who's been responsible for ripping off the Pentagon to the tune of trillions of dollars over many, many years. And who were they represented by so they didn't have to pay anything or no one went to jail? They only had to pay a fine for the last trillion dollar ripoff? That's right, James Comey. James Comey worked for Lockheed Martin and got them out of it. This is the people that he invited Okay, now I'm going to throw this out. Bannon's very smart, but I'm going to tell you point blank, Bannon did not know who Andrew Marshall was until he read the Anonymous Patriots expose on the Highlands Forum. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that. Because you've never seen Andrew Marshall of the Highlands Forum ever referred to in anything I've in I've never Bart. seen it in anything in the news, You'll ever. never see it in anything except mm -hmm. after we wrote our reports on it, okay? So... What do they do in those meetings? They sit around and they discuss what comes out of DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, which is the research and development branch of the Department of Defense. They discuss what comes out of InQtel, and I'm just going to call it InQtel. It actually has other names, but InQtel is the same thing. It's the DARPA for CIA, the NSA, and corporate intelligence. Remember, when we say intelligence in America, over 65% of intelligence in America is gathered by corporate intelligence who owe no allegiance to America but still have top secret security clearances. It is those people, not the military, it is not the military that Andrew Marshall invited into the Highlands Forum. Yes, the military is represented because they were told what to do by the Highlands Forum. The top secret, anything you see from DARPA or InQtel that comes out is old news, folks. That is so old. That technology is 10 to 15 or more years old when you see it come out as a brand new discovery released by the military. When they recently released the fact that they have laser beam weapons on tanks, they've had those in operation for 20 years. They've had those on launch platforms in space since the Reagan time. They didn't want to do it in public, but now they come out and they show these things in public. Why? Because they're 20 years old or older. So what Andrew Marshall is working with is technology that is far, far beyond anything you have ever heard of. These are the novel, the innovative technologies. This is where warfare is going. He created full spectrum analysis for warfare. He created all of it. One man directed where our entire nuclear program would go. Multiple entry uh, you know, MIRVs, multiple entry, uh, re-entry rocket, you know, multiple warheads and rockets, uh, everything. You name it. Accelerated particle beams. You name it. Platforms in space. Wireless in space. He only retired two years ago. He's an old guy. He's ancient. I think he's, I don't even know how old he is. I won't speculate, but he's ancient and he looks great. He looks young. He looks, and he looks like the most humble man you would ever meet. He dresses like he, uh, he's been wearing the same clothes since he's a teenager. So why is Steve Bannon meeting with these criminals? Well, first off, I love Steve Bannon, but he ain't the general. He's not even a one-star general, and he's not the commander-in-chief. And that's the reason he needed to leave the White House. And his whole hype that he's come out here to fight the war for Trump, hello? He's come out and he's complained about Trump. So I'm sorry, Bannon, but your ethics and your morality is slipping. Now, he believes that he's the kingmaker. 
He travels around to support whatever Republicans he says meet Breitbart standards. Somehow he knows that, you know, better than anyone else what I'd their standards are. I'd be real careful are. here. I don't want you dissing my man Bannon. No, I, I love Steve Bannon. But I'm going to tell Steve Bannon, who we believe, that we knew that previously he was reading some of our stuff. I doubt he listens to our podcast. But I'll tell you point blank. Steve Bannon, you're getting too big for your britches. You're not a kingmaker. You are not a politician. If you were a politician, anything that... Uh, your agenda, which we all know the agenda because we saw it on the whiteboard that you wrote it. We know what was on your agenda. We know that Trump is working on those things, but we also know that you did very little, very little to work the political machine to get things done. I believe Steve Bannon left the White House because he saw that the political machine was too slow and that affecting the political machine was like affecting 535 criminals who don't even have a, uh, the, the vow of the thieves, you know, they don't have any morality even amongst themselves, except that they try to make sure that nobody goes to jail because if one politician goes to jail, another one can go to jail. So that's the reason they say Jeff Sessions won't put Hillary Clinton in jail because it's just this rule that they have. The house of cards falls. Yeah. The thieves are all protecting itself. The house of cards would all fall and we'd see straight through what's going on. But we are anyway. Over time. So Steve Bannon, he went to the two most powerful people on the face of the earth. And why? Because he doesn't know how to get his China policy together. Okay? What does he say? He went to Henry Kissinger, but he says, China is to be feared. Henry Kissinger must be a stupid old man. Why would he allow the second most known political figure of the of the um, second American Revolution, the the the, the Trump re-establishing of our Constitution, to come to his house in Connecticut. By the way, it's not a house; it's a fortress because he has to be protected day and night because he would be captured by other countries and taken to the world court, and he would be tried and put in jail. Why did he allow Steve Bannon, the most political man practically in America, to come to his house when he knows that he is evil? Oh, maybe because he's stupid. Who? Kissinger? Kissinger has gone lame in his brain. Well, maybe he thought that he could usurp any power that Bannon had. Kissinger thinks he can take over China. He's insane. He's a crazy old man. Okay, so what, what? why do you think Bannon was there meeting with him? Bannon went there to suck his brain to find out if politically China had anything more than he thought that they had. And what he found out is, no, they don't. And therefore, he says, when he left Kissinger, what did he say in his article? He said, China really is the biggest concern we have. He tried to put it in nice political terms instead of his old wild terms. He should have said, he Bannon should Bannon. have said, okay. China is our number one enemy. Always has been. Do you think they took over Taiwan, our production and manufacturing island? They annexed it? Because they wanted to support America? No, no, no. China is our enemy. Make no mistake about it. And the takeover of Taiwan was an act of war that was unacknowledged because Hillary Clinton was getting her Walmart money and Obama uh, got his, uh, you know, his very nice political agreements with China to say, hey, we're going to let you produce everything for us for cheap. We're going to let you be the distraction. We're going to let you buy our bonds, and then we're going to laugh when you try to sell back the bonds to crash our economy. Remember, remember, Obama said to China, 
and to Saudi Arabia, don't you dare sell our treasury bonds back to us. See, we went to the petrodollar and then we sold them. What did they do with the petrodollar? They bought our bonds. And then what did we do with the bonds? They held those bonds. They held so many, so such a great amount of bonds that they said that if China or Saudi Arabia at any one time even sold half of the bonds they had, our economy would crash. Wrong. China and Saudi Arabia, within a matter of a few days, sold the majority of their bonds. $4.5 trillion worth. They were bought instantaneously by fake money from the Fed off-book purchases. So China thought and has already attempted to bring us down through cyber wars. They've attempted to bring us down through stealing all of our patents. When we send things to them, they reverse engineer it. They get the patent. They build in bad microchips. They get control of it. They use radioactive material. They use cheap material. They use slave labor. They sell it back to us. They take the money. They buy our bonds. They thought they were going to crash our economy. They tried it with, now they're trying it with currency and they're trying it with the gold back you on. And we've talked about that and I've researched that now. Uh, and let's just say it's all fake. Anyone, let, let, let me just quote two things well, about well, Okay, quote it, but then we, I want to go back to Marshall. The, yes, back to Marshall. But the Shanghai gold exchange is completely fake. There's no gold. They have 18 sources of gold. Two of them are outside of China. The others are from mines they bought, dead mines they bought, and two new mines producing massive amounts of gold in China. Right. Lies. Lies. You can't take... You can't take the gold out of China. You cannot take the gold outside of the free economic trade zone of Shanghai. And if you can't hold it, you don't own it. And if you're Chinese, you get a 17% discount. They just found that out. Oh. Hello? Now, if they are trading 24,000 tons of physical gold a year, impossible, folks. Impossible. Anyone who'd believe that is as, is as brain dead as Henry Kissinger. Uh, let me give Henry Kissinger some credit. Go back, say something I said before. Perhaps he's working. Henry Kissinger's lying so he can attack China with the CIA and Soros. Possible, possible. But what's China? China that's never going to happen. China, look what they did. They created the only gold exchange, physical gold exchange in the world. They won't let you take the gold out of that city. They screw you 17% on it. You don't even know if it's real gold. You never get to see the gold. We know they don't have the gold because they have 1,976,000 tons of gold. That's it. If they traded 24,000 tons of gold on the Shanghai Gold Exchange, where the heck did that gold come from? Like It's all paper. Where did it go? Why didn't they buy it? Yeah. Why did they buy 1% of it? 24,000 tons of gold on the Chinese Shanghai Gold Exchange, physical gold exchange, the only one in the world, they only bought 1%. China cannot be trusted. They will steal everything. So he went to Kissinger. Bannon went to Kissinger to find out if he knew anything more. I'm sure he didn't even find out what I'm telling you right now. Okay. Secondly, he went to Andrew Marshall. Yes. Because Andrew Marshall can tell him if China really can defeat us in a war. Because who do you think made the Chinese weapons? We did. Andrew Marshall did. Our patents. Those patents were all stolen. 
Look at the Chinese equipment. It looks like our planes. But wouldn't we planes. have been smart enough to have some backdoor way to shut any of that stuff down? No, because they're transnationalists. They're not Americans. Oh, that's right. We always have to remember that. We're dealing with transnationalists No, we call here. them globalists. globalists. It's a dirty word. Uh-huh. We call them the New World Order, but they're not an order. Right. These are individual, greedy transnationalists right. who work for China and America at the right. same time, selling weapons to both sides. But they don't want any one uh, entity or country to win because then this game of war would end. They have to disadvantage one side. Yes. So we just disadvantaged America by giving Silicon Valley secrets, all of them, and all the military industrial secrets to Russia. Now, Russia has weapons. They have five weapons that we don't have that we can't even knock a hypersonic missile out of the air. We just gave that to them in the last few years during the Obama administration. So why? So Raytheon can get the contract to build hyper, hyper, mega, super missiles that will be able to intercept those. Which is an irony because the military-industrial complex is comprised of many companies here in America where Americans have jobs there. I have a cousin. Her husband is at Raytheon. This is how they provide for their family. But little does she know what her husband really does at Raytheon, and he probably is so compartmentalized he doesn't read the, uh, know it either. It becomes a picture of soil green, where we're actually feeding on one another on a human farm as the planetation master Rothschild sits there and guards prison planet. Yes, the military-industrial complex, the Rothschilds are just one of the uh, one of the families, the Morgans, the the Goldsman, the Sachs, the Warburgs, the Rockefellers. These are all a group of a couple dozen families and then who they married into that own these major companies, except for the ones owned by the CIA, which are some of the largest companies in the world. So what happens is Andrew had to tell, Andrew Marshall had to tell Steve Bannon, Really, what were the capacities of China? Is China really our enemy? How do I handle China? I want to come out and I want to go to war with China. I want to go into trade wars with China. I want to get Taiwan back. Steve Bannon says, I want to be the new hero of America. He needs to back off. You are out of your league, Steve Bannon. I've seen your movies. I've read your words. I've now heard your interviews. You need to back off. Trump is the man. He has the Trump effect. You do not have that effect. You were attacked and you lost. They called you a fascist because of a non-fascist remark you made and you didn't come out fighting. You went down because books were written about you that were 100% false and you didn't fight and you're not even going against those people in Breitbart. Unbelievable. I could defend you better than you're defending yourself. So I don't know what your agenda is, but your agenda with China is interesting but let me just say that if for one moment you listen to Henry Kissinger or Andrew Marshall and you believe what they say or where their heart really is, you're doing a deal with the devil.